This is Happy Monkey. This is Happy Monkey. monkey fan is tiffany here been quarantined for who knows how long i've been haven't been smoking but i've been eating them gummy bears straight from happy monkey what's it called i hope everyone's good and safe and i love you all positivity everybody today on the happy monkey podcast we got a very special guest on the boulevard today and you know we like to shine the light a lot on our brothers and sisters that's out here in the cannabis forefront making it happen for the people so we got a special guest over here uh vladimir you want to uh, hit him with the details. Yes, I do, man. I'm so honored to have this special guest on. This man right here is a renaissance man. Yes, he He's is. not only a motivational speaker, MC, serial entrepreneur, host of Candid Boss Talk, the Suave, Co- the Suave Cast, Elevated Life, also the main... Uh, Quarterback over there for Canagather LA that holds it down. Uh-oh, Our uh-oh. brother from another That's, mother. Yes, yes, yes. So Rico, formerly known as Rico Tarver, now Rico Lamite. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. That's right. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate it, man. I love that. Love the New York love, man. My family's from New York. My family's from uh, uh, Mount Vernon. Okay. So it's always good to connect, man. Money, money earning Mount Vernon, baby. Please intro- reintroduce yourself yes, and tell everybody where they can find you, Instagram, emails, whatever you want to let, let everybody know. No, absolutely. It's Rico Lamite. Um, I am uh, I'm the glue. Uh, bring everybody together. That's my passion. And uh, you can find me at Suavecito underscore Frederico. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, right. yeah, Spanish yeah, flavor in there, baby. <laughs> yes, yes, I like yes. that. Yes, yes. Is, is it hot over there, fellas? Is it hot yeah, over there? Yeah, on the East yeah, Coast? yeah. It's like, kind of like it's, it's, it's warm. It's warm today. Today is like eighty degrees, and over here, I don't know if you know, Rico. Humidity uh-huh. makes it seem like it's a hundred, so it's baking today. Yeah, and you know, in, 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 oh, in New yeah. York, you know, we can't wait for the sun to come out because the sun come out, whether it's coronavirus era or whatever era is happening, people are coming oh, yeah. outside. We can't have some all, all year long like you guys. It'll be a purge. You know, we can only take it three months at a time and it gets too crazy over here, Rico. <laughs> I know. I've only been out here eight years, man. I, I was, I'm East Coast born and raised. Where, where, where? Chicago. Uh, born in VA, man. Um, I was born outside of D.C. Uh, my mother married my stepfather. He was in the military. We went to, we moved to Germany for five years and I was uh, back to the VA. Uh, to college, and then um, Chicago, twelve years, and me and my wife been out here for, uh, for eight years now. So I, I can't love do that. Chi-Town, man. man. 
Love yeah. Chi-Town, man. Yeah. I, I, I've been there a few times, one of my favorite cities, man. It's like New York City in the Midwest. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the greatest city on earth except for the weather. The weather's yeah. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rico, um, I always have known you as Rico Tarver, even though we never met, but I've been hearing yep. about you. You've been ringing bells like Sunday at 12 o'clock for quite a while, oh, and uh, now I hear yeah. that recent, as of recent, it's uh, Rico Lamit. Can you break down what was the change of heart, the epiphany? Yeah, so it, it was crazy because um, actually when I did my TED Talk, I uh, at my launch party, I was supposed to announce and the reason behind it, but then COVID nineteen hit. <laughs> and everybody's like, "What the hell happened to your name?" <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, it's a crazy story. Um, I grew up in a real. Am I allowed to swear on this? You know, hell yeah! This know. is the boulevard. Hell yeah. You are twenty twenty sixty baby. This ain't this, this ain't that's this ain't uh, Happy Monkey TED Talk. This is, this ain't you ain't you on the desk with Ramon and Vlad. This is the boulevard. No man, I, I cussed on my TED Talk too, and they tried to censor it, and I petitioned for them not to, and they finally put it in there. So I'm, I'm good. I always say, I always keep on it. Yeah, so, we, on the, uh, we on the stoop. Yeah. All right, perfect, perfect. So. I had a fucked up upbringing, like, like real, real bad. And um, I didn't even know my stepfather was my stepfather until I was 14 years old. And um, he was like mad abusive to my mother, uh, my sister, uh, and, uh, and myself. And, and never really knew why. He never really touched uh, my older stepsister, never really touched. Uh, so I found out to be his only legitimate daughter, uh, my, uh, my little sister. Never touched them. He just beat on my mom, beat on me, beat on my sister. And um, part of my TED talk, too, because I talk about domestic violence in there. And um, I found out that, uh, that my biological father, he's the one from, from Mount Vernon. Yeah, and uh, Money earning Mount Vernon, uh, baby. We know all about it. Money, money earning. Yeah, he played in the um, uh, Michael Shannon. He uh, played in the NBA. Uh, he was All-American. That was my real pop. And um, I found out when I was 14. And I just, wow. I just carried this weight on me like, my whole life. And um, when I found out, crazy, crazy, crazy story. Like, um, I found out, like, who my real family was when I was 28. And I researched my family, all that. And um, I just didn't want to have that baggage anymore. I finally knew my roots. And, and I'm sure I heard you. I heard through the grapevine that you recently had a had a had a newborn. I'm sure you didn't want to pass Ooh, a name uh, yeah. that you weren't proud of to the offspring. I can yeah. imagine that played a role, right? Yeah. Congratulations, brother. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. For my wife, um, so I wanted to, um, like you said, I've had a crazy, I've had a crazy life, but she's been blessed, and um, I didn't really change my name when I was in finance. I was in corporate finance for ten years. And uh, the reason I didn't change my name there is too much of a hassle of my licenses and everything. And when I got into the, on the legal side of the cannabis industry, um, I wanted to do it, but um, I was just hustling so hard. I just kind of blew my mind. When my wife got pregnant, uh, that was like one of the first things that she brought up. She's like, I don't want to bring another child in this life with that name. Uh, it brought you so much pain. And, 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 that, like, and that makes a lot of sense right. because you are yeah. accumulating such an amazing legacy. You definitely want to make sure yeah. that, you know, you're proud of what you leave behind. Uh, ab absolutely. And I, I don't want her to have the baggage that I, that I had to carry. I carried that for her. So, um, she gets a fresh, gets a fresh slate, you know, uh, I, I'm ready, you know, yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm man. a hype man. 
We ain't, no, we ain't 60 minutes, man, but we do a little still. research over here, Rico. Now, my, my next question is, man, and, and this is for personal reasons, man, yeah, because yeah. I'm recently yeah. getting used to yeah. juggling so many things. How do you juggle all these yeah. hats that you wear, Word. all these all these different things you host, all you know, taking companies public and and, yeah. and kind of yeah. gather and all these and, different and podcasts now daddy, and, like, and now being a daddy this and all crazy. these things? Where do you find the time? How does this work? Uh, I've always had problems sleeping, and, and, I, and after 10 years in corporate finance, I felt like I wasted 10 years of my life. Wow. So um, whenever whenever I'm up now, I'm always trying to build something. I'm always trying to create something. I'm always trying to connect somebody, uh, network, do whatever I can to, to, to move this, this world forward. Uh, I, I just feel like, um, I don't know, man, I, just, I feel like I, um, I learned a lot during those 10 years of my life about myself. I learned who I wasn't. And, uh, and now it's just about that hustle, man. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm in the weed industry, man. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> I to, right? Yeah, like, let's see, uh, 15 years ago, I was, I was homeless, man. I was out of, out of college, homeless, selling weed to survive and to support my opioid habit. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm doing I'm not selling how, how long has but, it been um, since I, you I officially entered the the cannabis uh, space as far as like corporately and all that stuff um, on the legal side of almost four years now so uh, yeah om- almost four years and uh, I was only on the corporate side for let's say for about uh, almost two years when I was with Baker Technologies now still holding uh, yeah, almost two years with them and then as soon as I got off, I was, I was like, yo, I, have a, I, I got a game plan to connect the trap house to the penthouse. So nice. and that's exactly I like what I did. That. As soon, as, and, and, and as soon as you know, I got out, And I want to tell you, man, without actually meeting you physically, man, I know that you inspire people like me and Ramon, so I can only imagine the thousands of other people you inspired because when we see people that look like us and talk like us to reach these amazing goals and milestones that you have, it makes it seem feasible for the rest of us. I mean, much, much, much appreciated, man. And I'm just inspired to, to have you guys in the game, man. When I when I first got in about four years ago, like there was no black or brown folks above ground, period. It was like <laughs> just a couple, and, and so like, like me coming uh, coming into the shit, like I was like this is we saved my life, like literally, it saved my life, and um, it, was, it was real frustrating. Uh, talking to uh, our people, and um, I'm black and brown, so I'm, I'm, I'm Panamanian. So, okay, uh, Panamanian. Panamanian. Yeah, we both Dominican. Yeah, so you already know. I know, I know, I love it, man. I love Heights. it. Heights, so yeah, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was my goal. As soon as I got out, um, yeah, uh, finance. I wanted to connect as many black and brown people, give them opportunities, as many opportunities as possible. And um, the ones that I found, they just didn't want to be seen. And, um, and, and to see more and more black and brown folks that come in above ground, like that's like a dream come true to me. Like um, I, I, we've all had to do it to survive. And, and the worst thing ever for me was that when my, my company was on public, like, yeah, it was dope we went public and everything. Yeah, we didn't make no money off of it because, you know, shit sucks because <laughs> of market. And, uh, but I was the only black person in the company. And uh, hmm. when we were going public, 
um, it was nothing but some, some venture capital dudes coming in there and I just escaped uh, corporate uh, finance. I just escaped that world. I just like, got out of it and I was so excited to help my people. And I was like, shit, they're coming in for this as well. So I just been on a tear trying to get as many people involved uh, that look like us, get as many people in, um, in prominent positions, um, connecting folks because like it needs to be done. Um, cause whether it's Biden, Trump, both of them want to make this shit all corporate. And that's, that's not what the game is about. No, it, it, like they, they say, this ain't corporate, this ain't big pharma, this ain't big tobacco, this ain't big alcohol, no. this culture yep. behind this shit. This, this is, this is medicine. It, it's culture. And, and none of those have culture. And, um, and folks who try to come in and they forget to bring the culture, they get bounced quickly. And that's exactly what happened with, with the company that I was at. Like, they, they brought in a bunch of dudes. Like, like no offense, like, I, I connect these people too, but they, they weren't respecting the culture. There was a bunch of guys, like, big money venture capital guys, like Birkenstocks, and they, you know, like, Uggs and shit. And um, mm. I was like, damn, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. So, yeah, so that's when... Yeah, it's exactly when I was introduced to uh, uh, to Josh over at uh, Canada Gather because I wrote him off at first. But shout out to my homegirl, uh, Denise Spiderman from Mary's List. She's the one oh, who introduced yeah, me yeah, to okay. him. Okay, that's the homie. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, uh, she's super. She's coming to all my underground parties and shit. And uh, <laughs> she's like, you got to meet my, my friend Josh. She's like, oh, he tried to come into California, do his events and everything. And I was like, Okay, um, what happened? And she's like, well, he tried twice. It didn't, it didn't really work out. So where's he from again? And she's like, he's from New York. Said, That's why. He doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I stopped myself real quick because when I first got in, uh, um, I hated the fucking California weed snobs. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm turning into one of them. So I backed up a little bit. I took a phone call with them. I let them know if I'm ever in New York, I'm going to hit them up. And I was actually throwing a... a Underground party at Soho House in Meatpacking District. Okay, yeah, we rock a Soho House. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, oh yeah. I came out there and I was rocking with Supreme Organics and I was like helping them out, uh, throwing a uh, throwing an event. Um, and I got to see Can together, and I loved the format, hated the content, and hated the 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 uh, the look of it. It was it's just like all corporate. And I told him straight up, I said. It's not going to work in, in L.A. because I always joke and say uh, California is in the – we're in our terrible twos in the, in the cannabis industry. New York is still kicking in the womb. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking like, yeah, you're talking like, uh, like Cannabis 101 shit over here. It doesn't apply. Nobody's going to pay $25 uh, to go to an event where we can get the same thing at a meetup on, on a Tuesday afternoon at, for free mm-hmm. from anybody. Like, like the content is not going to work over here. So – yeah, I flipped it on his head and I made it my own. He didn't like the idea at first, but it became successful. I mean, like the rest is pretty much history. Um, uh, I have a different brand. I, I just connect people. I bring people, um, our big sponsors, these big-ass companies. I'm able to get them on the stage with the same, with the social equity applicants, with the blood senders, with the people that are doing the, the grunt work in the industry because they're the most important. Um and I'm able to cultivate relationships between them and show them that they need each other. Because 
what people at the bottom don't understand is like how much they need money on this next level. Whereas Biden, Trump, both of them want to turn this shit into big pharma. So you need money in order for your companies to, to move forward. And what people at the top don't understand is the culture is what drives the industry. Mm-hmm. And what do they need to go forward? And we have uh, the call now that they don't have it. They need culture. They need that PR. So I was able to like connect those people from the bottom of the top um, and let them know, like, I believe in social equity. I believe in the movement. I believe in the philosophy behind it. But it doesn't jive with capitalism. And that's why it's not working with in California, period. And um, I got I caught a, I caught a lot of heat for saying that shit like like two years ago, and this year I was looking like a like like a fucking prophet. I didn't want to be, but, yeah, I, I, like for real. I didn't want I don't want to be. It, it was a bad deal for both sides. California wants to act like the country. Everything's municipality up, and then the, the last thing is um, uh, um, that uh, there's no affirmative action in California. People don't know that there's no affirmative action. Mm. So the first social equity license that gets granted and you push the white man out of the way for that, you're getting sued and you're going to lose that lawsuit straight up. Interesting. <laughs> people don't want to, if people don't want to hear that, there's no affirmative action. The law is DOA <laughs> period. That's crazy. Well, um, you know, us uh, similarly, um, I want to shout out Josh Weinstein because, uh, you know, even though he's yeah, not from that. the culture or, you know, like you said, he didn't really understand it as much. He was like open mm-hmm. to like, you know, to, 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 you know, helping us understand that we also, you know, started going to Canada gather here and we got to meet and understand the corporate side. And through us, he got to understand a little bit of the culture side here in New York. So shout out to him. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, big, big, big shout out to Josh, and I'm working on him. I'm working. I told Dave, <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> I'm working on him. I, I, I try to, I try to get him out there. Um, yeah, I was trying to. I talked to Mary Pryor. I talked to. <laughs> I'm trying to get Josh like more integrated with the culture side. Um, and I told him you, you gotta immerse yourself in the culture uh, because there's three sides of the industry, and they all need each other. There's the health and wellness side. There's the, the corporate, the, the economic side, and, and there's the culture. The culture drives the other two, like period. I mean, we can't survive without one another. It's just not going to work. Exactly. We're going to have another version of cigarettes. That's basically what we do here, Happy Monkey. So Happy Monkey, no matter what way we bring you our content, our energy, our lifestyle, it's basically building the bridge between corporate and culture, no matter how we, you know, express ourselves. Yes, I love it. That's what I told yeah, so my man Dave Hernandez, what's up, David? No, you're there somewhere. And, yeah, uh, he in the background. He ain't throwing up peace signs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when I first talked to him on the uh, um, on the phone, and, uh, when I took this, um, my wife was pregnant. She was a couple months pregnant. People didn't know that yet. That's when I took the uh, the position of like head of growth for Canada Gather. Like, I took the mantle from Josh. I was like, Josh, let me connect with the, with all the market leaders. Let me try to connect with them because he, he's not like. How is it a good way to put it? <laughs> He's not the, the the best with like interpersonal communication, like um, yeah. when it comes to like 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 empathy and stuff like that. It's, it's just like he didn't live that, he didn't grow up like that, and um, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. he's, he's trying, he's trying to he's trying to turn that page. He's trying to learn, and and I love that, and I respect that about him. And um, and I have sessions with him. I let him know about the culture. I let him know why people uh, believe this. I know. I let him know why this is fucked up. I let him know why that is like the way it is. 
and he, he's real open to that. So, so I give med props to him. And when I first reached out to Dave, man, and, and I was like, yo, like, uh, uh, I did a little research on you, man, and, and I love what you're doing, like all that. And uh, tell me more about Happy Monkey. And he told me, I was like, yo, that's, that's exactly what I do um, silently out here. Like I, I made five times 100 most influential people in my private parties uh, for celebrities, pro athletes, and investors that want it get into the cannabis industry but it's too scary to it. because it's like you said rico um like like my partner said you know we we've been trying to be the nexus between corporate and culture because whether we agree yeah. to disagree or not we're the, the industry is right. never going to be fully optimal until people don't sit down and understand each other mostly people the the culture and the corporate mm -hmm. is isolated <laughs> They don't understand each other. They don't even, you know, give a chance to understand each other. And they're both necessary for there to be an optimal industry. So we, through right. uh, through us, you know, we have big corporate people here. We have big culture <laughs> people here. They learn about each other. And that's the only way that we're going to get where we need to be. And I feel like, aside from you, many people don't understand the value in that in, that, in this industry and how it's never going to be fully optimal if it's not done in that manner. Right. And... and and that's the sad part. And that's why we got to, like, now is the time, man. And we, we, we got to get that messaging out. And, and, and the good thing about, like, the silver lining, I should say, about the, uh, the, uh, the whole coronavirus, the whole COVID-19 thing, is we're able to connect like we are right now. We're able to amplify that message and, um, and, and just pump it. Just pump that shit out there while people are at home where they can, like, actually We have the biggest captive audience in history. Yes. Yes, and, and it's beautiful. And so, like now is the time to strike. And, um, and I mean, that's kind of what I did with like with with, with Canada Gather. Um, as soon as uh, the coronavirus hit, I was like, "Shit, um, we're losing out on so much like revenue." I just took this position, like had a growth, so I connected with all the market leaders and all that. Stuff. And now we're shutting down. And I was like, "It was a hail mary." I was like, "Yo, Josh, like I've been building out this platform for myself." in my own businesses, but uh, I was building it from scratch. We already have like close to like 30,000 subscribers. Like, why don't we put it on my platform? See how it rolls. And he was like, uh, you think it's worth it? Like, uh, we're going to be hemorrhaging cash. And then I was like, let me build out a game plan. And like, like four days later, uh, we did it. I got Shanita, I got Shanita Penny on there, Nick Kovacevic and uh, from Fishco. And uh, Jamie Pearson from Bang. The first one was, was Bang. We had a 1,132 RSCP's first one. Um, the second one I had uh, 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 the homie Christina uh, La Rosa. Oh, that's and, the uh, homie right there, uh, too, man. Christina all the homies. Yes, all yes, all yes. the homies. Jamie, yes. all of them, man. I had good a, people. Right. I had a, yeah, but I had her and Bruce Linton on the second one. <laughs> so, it, yeah, yeah so, right? <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so, I mean, connect people. I know I know so much about uh, the the Canada the part. I don't know about the other broadcasts you guys have. Elaborate a little bit on the yeah. other three uh, podcasts and segments you have. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So the Squab Life is my company. It's an umbrella over everything. It started off as just my private parties that I was doing uh, because um, I just saw opportunities. I'm, I'm a hustler. I'm from the East Coast. I mean, my, I mean, my East Coast baby. guys. We always yes, yes. They my East Coast guys, we always like, they always like talk to you, oh, California moving too slow. Uh, uh, I'm like, yo, that's why y'all got to come out here and take over. <laughs> 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 mm -hmm. You know, like, 
say, I, I came out here, I, I made the right moves, I, I met the right people, and I, I did the right things, did right by them, and I speak that uh, universal language of respect, right? That's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, and and, and real, recognized real on a global scale. That's a universal language. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. I came out here, showed my respect, like learned uh, from the bottom up, and just started building. So the Squab Life was originally uh, just private parties, celebrities, co-athletes, and investors that want to get in the industry, but they're afraid to go invest. And it all started because a lot of my homeboys are in the NFL, um, and let's say they were at, let's say they were retired at the time. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> uh, but they'd come out here and they would always be like, "Yo, what are, what are we parties at? I see you be grinding and everything." And there was a need for that, and they were willing to drop big dollars. So a couple of my homeboys, they get Airbnbs that uh, that were open to parties and stuff. And they were open to consumption. So I just started throwing high-end parties. And it just escalated to the point where um, at my birthday party, uh, I, we had these like theme parties. Everything was a theme. My birthday party was like my uh, 35th birthday party. It's ink, easels, and sour diesel. And so I had like live <laughs> art. Sour diesel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And live art, live tattoos. You know how New Yorkers uh, feel about sour diesel. I don't got to tell you, right, Rico? What's that? You know how New Yorkers feel about sour diesel. I don't got to tell you, right? Sour diesel? Y'all love it, right? <laughs> there you go. It's the best. That, 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 that's the best, I right? think they that's grow the it for us. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's the OG, man. It's the OG strain. It, it, that's what it is, man. Like, I just started throwing like, like big-ass parties, and um, I was putting it all through data. And I brought it like a different aspect the game that nobody was doing because I was with Baker Technologies and it was a way for me to, my private parties were a way for me to like uh, um, show off my product. And like a lot of these people wouldn't take meetings from me and everything. I just invited them to my parties that celebrities at. So now I had dispensary owners at my parties. I had a bunch of brands that were sponsoring my parties and as a way for me to show off uh, my, 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 my technology because everybody came to my party, they checked in. I, I didn't care about your name, I don't care about your email, I don't care about none of that. Your phone number and your interest. I let people know like, we got lots of giveaways, we got like uh, Puffco Peaks in here, we got like Fog, mm. we got um, all kinds of shit that we're giving away. Okay. Um, all I want is your, I want to know what is going to make this party better next time. So they put their phone number in, I let them know they can opt out as soon as they want. But I still had like less than a 4% opt out rate. Um, put their phone number, interest, oh, that's, that's it. They got text messages immediately. I did raffles the whole time to the party. Everybody had a great time. And then I just built my list. It got crazy. And um, one party, like Sosa Man came to my party. Like uh, Dave Fox showed up to one of my parties. I was like, oh, I don't know how. Okay. He found out about my parties. And the next thing I know, like uh, me and my homies were going to Jamie Fox's crib. We're partying in his crib. Uh, Puffy came to one of my parties. And, um, and then it got weird when all the corporate guys got in there. And I'm doing like a lot of these stuffy white parties. <laughs> they didn't know that, right? <laughs> I was just—I just had all these venues that were that were consumption uh, friendly. Had all these brands that fucked with me. Uh, had all these uh, dispensaries that fucked with me. So I was—I was the glue. And um, with and that's what was so nuts about Canada Gathering because I wasn't used to being in the limelight at all. I was just like that guy. I was, I was a black dude in the party. It was the white party. Uh, that <laughs> nobody knew who I was. I just be fucked up in the corner. Like, little did you know you're at my party. <laughs> and uh, it just made a name for myself doing that um, and following up with people, making sure that uh, I show love. And um, it's, it's been a blessing, man. So that's the Swab Life. 
parties, and then it turned into consulting uh, after I left uh, Baker. And I helped a couple companies get into California, too. CBD Sundays um, on ice right now, obviously, but meditation, yoga, massage. I heard you were up to three states with the CBD Sundays. How, how, how did you expand that so far? Yeah, because the hemp bill. Okay. Yeah, the hemp bill passed, and I was able to go and spread the brand across the different states. It was like meditation, yoga, massage, upstairs, downstairs, CBD-infused brunch, bottomless mimosas. There's all private parties. Um, I made sure I knew the, the, the laws in every state. It's pretty much you just can't sell the food that you infuse. So we gave away the food um, that was infused. A lot of brands would come, and they would um, show up, and they'd sell their health products and whatever. It's like a CBD um, mini spa uh, on Sundays, and I had different affiliates uh, franchising it out. And... Uh, I can't wait for COVID-19 to close up and um, get CBD Sundays popping again because it's, it's a cash cow, bro. <laughs> it's a cash cow. Like people, love, people love CBD, and um, they think that it's not weed for some reason. Like, uh, like, like housewives and shit, like, uh, like Orange County, love that shit. Like, Orange County, like these, these housewives from Orange County, uh, they, they, they talk so dirty about weed. And I, I would slip in a little education every single time so I would have like like uh, I would say like scientists, uh, chemists doctors that would come out and they would actually give education on this like oh so this is marijuana <laughs> like yes it is like that shit that you're, you're rubbing that lotion that you're rubbing on it makes you feel great and everything that's weed <laughs> and um it, right and it, that's it, what me and my homeboys like um the trap farmers shout out to the trap farmers up in Humboldt um, we're on this big thing like this year. Um, we want to stop like using the word CBD so much because it's, it's creating a rift in everything. And um, it's the same plant, period. And uh, like, and a lot of people that are on the CBD side of uh, uh, of the industry, uh, they, they think that it's all different. Like, no, it's not. Like, it, they're trying to act like we're rated plant. R and they're PG thirteen. Yes, yes, and. and and from a bird's eye view, you see a lot of the um, melanin deficient individuals that are hovering towards like the CBD side mm-hmm. uh, when they can actually get much more benefit from at least full spectrum. It doesn't have to be psycho, as psychoactive. It doesn't have to get you high, but you get more benefit from full spectrum. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because it's hemp, uh, just because it's, uh, um, it, my dog wilding out, um, it, it's because it's hemp or it, it's listed differently. It's treated differently. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be. People need education. They need to be educated about that, and they need to understand that it's all weed. Some has more THC in it than others. So, yeah. Well, how I feel. How you I know, feel. You, you know how it is, Rico. You know, you know, you hear all the all the rumors in the barbershop. So, you know, before COVID, you oh, know, yeah. recently. You know, yeah. I was at the barbershop. As a birdie came and whispered me, told me that you're supposed to be emceeing some type of virtual event for Ebony Magazine. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, they just sent the paperwork out. They just sent the paperwork. See, so yes, yes. Oh man, yes. that's uh, big. That's big. Yes, seventy fifth anniversary Ebony. Um, I don't know if we're gonna call it Ebony Con again. Um, we're supposed to do it uh, late. April, I want to say, um, but yeah, the first round. Um, mm, that's it. Yeah, maybe the same. We we pulled out because they didn't they didn't have the they didn't have everything together at at the time, and they weren't prepared for 
um, the opportunity that cannabis had. And it felt like, um, like the first round when we were doing, uh, what we were doing, uh, they just weren't expecting for me to be, uh, as connected with, uh, with black folks and, and brown folks in the cannabis industry. And, um, I, I came in late. They, they, they called me because they heard a couple of things about me and they wanted me to bring some people, uh, to their virtual event. And they were expecting me to have like one or two, like, and I was like, no, nah, I brought nine black and brown C-suite executives to do work <laughs> with this. And um, I brought I brought the A team, and this is like less than forty eight hours, ready to go, and um, they weren't ready. They were they were trying to do this. Like, like, they were trying to give me like like two hours and whatever, and, and they weren't prepared uh, to really promote us. So um, didn't burn any bridges. I never burned bridges. I never never. And um, it was dope. They hit me back uh, a few weeks ago. They said we're ready to go. Uh, we're ready to promote you properly. We want to do something on that. Uh, Financial Juneteenth. Now, that's actually my idea. That's my wife. Juneteenth. Listen to this. That's actually my wife's idea. Yeah. Financial Juneteenth. We can talk about economics. Uh, we can talk about cannabis and the opportunity in cannabis uh, for black and brown folks to um, not right the wrongs from the war on drugs, but, but, but really appreciate and uh, uh, the opportunity that's at hand in front of us. Like, um, I want people to like just like understand that uh, uh, the way that we've been treated uh, throughout the war on drugs, um, we know how to brand that. We know how to, and shout out to my man, uh, my man, uh, Freeway Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freeway Rick. Oh, Rock. that's, oh, that's, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. the homie uh, too. He's been on our show too, man. Shout yeah, out yeah. to Freeway shout Rick, to Freeway man. Rick. I was just jumped on his live the other hey. day, man. He's the homie. Yes, ask, ask, ask Rick. Ask Rick. We met in Vegas. Uh, who talked to him to get it in the, in the fifth? We had a we had a meeting as soon as we got back from Vegas so three years ago now, uh, almost MJ Biscon like two years, two and a half years ago, and I met him out in Vegas, and Dope Magazine wouldn't let him in their party. I shit you not. That's Triple OG like, like that, magazine, huh? Yes, they would not let him in the magazine, and he was on the shit with his books, and um, I had met him like the night before uh, their suite at the Palm. And um, uh, that's this um, organization that I was running at the time. And I was like, yo, Rick, it was great to meet you, man. So I, the reason I know who Freeway Rick was, was because of All Hip Hop. Like the old website, All Hip Hop. I used to be on there for um, uh, <laughs> for all like the, like the underground shit. So I'm like, I love underground hip hop. Mm-hmm. And, and he had this banner ad on there. It was, it was like the real Rick Ross. I was like, what the fuck is this dude, man? Like, that ain't Bowles. <laughs> and, 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 I looked into it. Those and a then legend. I got game. Living legend. Yeah. And, then I, then I, yeah. and if it wasn't for him, I'd be like the rest of these sheep. You know, like I, I wouldn't know about Iran Contra. I wouldn't know about Oliver North. I wouldn't know about how the CIA used him and how they pumped crack into uh, Port of Miami, into LA, all that shit. And that's the only way that I do it. So I remember him from a banner ad on allhiphop.com. And uh, when I met him in Vegas, I was like starstruck. I was like, yo, you're Freeway Rick Ross. And uh, he just like started chopping up. He's a nice, nice, nice dude. And um, he was talking to one of my business partners at the time, but he wasn't really sold on the industry. And um, he called me up and he's like, yo, like, come to my vegan restaurant. So I, I met him at this vegan restaurant in uh, uh, where were we at? We're at uh, Crenshaw. And we just chopped it up. 
And he said, do you, do you really think this, this is an opportunity? I said, hell yeah. I said, you have a brand in your name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, if you get, like, like, you are the real Rick Ross. Like, and no disrespect to the, 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 no disrespect to the, the bow. That's but, uh, like, the man. Real. He's like, the real. Yeah. yeah. Right. You are the real Rick Ross. And not only are you a legend, not only are you, have you turned shit around and you're talking to kids on uh, selling his book and telling them about the dangers of, uh, of following the crowd and like, being an entrepreneur centering your own too. Like, that's excellent. But the thing is, the reason why we're having this conversation right now is because I recognize you from a banner ad. You've done a good job. Like, I don't, I don't know if he knew this at the time. He probably did. He was a very, very smart businessman. But I was like, the reason why I know who you are is through that banner ad you had on allhiphop.com when I was in high school. Mm. And you need to put your, I was like, you need to put your face, have a, have a graffiti artist or have a, a rendering, uh, have some kind of artist, like, put your face, and you could sell your own damn weed. And you know how powerful that would be because you represent the overall yeah, war people, on be, drugs. People will believe in that, Brian. Yes. And, um, and I, was, I was so hyped up when, um, so I rock with his son. His son is my homie, too. So, uh, yeah, young JF, what up, homie? Um, mm. yeah, he rocked with me on all my events and everything. And I brought him into the fold. And he came on my podcast uh, on, on Coffee Fight over at uh, Hayes Studios, Purple Hayes Studios. Shout out to Adam, Carlos, and all of them over there. And Purple Hayes, hey, you use all the East Coast trains, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. The, 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 the homie uh, Adam from uh, um, Andrew, from um, um, he's one of the original High Times guys. He like bought the uh, the entire the rights to the Jimi Hendrix catalog. So he had Purple um, Purple Hayes Studio. So like a lot of the uh, the cast in the cannabis industry, we all do our live podcast in his studio. So we went over there. And um, he came up there and he presented to me, man. I got the box, man. I'll send you all a picture of the box. He gave it to me, like, exactly like I suggested his dad do two years ago. I was like, yo, get your face on this. That is your brand. And you can do whatever you want. And that's what he did. He put his face on it. He got a vape line. He got a flower line. All that shit. I'm like, that's that's dope shit, man. That's dope shit. And I'm so glad that he did that because he, he represented, he represents, like, the entire war on drugs. Like we're, He's we're the epitome of like it. A, right. Yes. He, he was used by the government to poison his own people. And, if people, like, and then like, got arrested knows, for 20 yes. years after where they finished using and abusing him. Yep. And he beat the case. <laughs> and he got out. And, and mm-hmm. now he's doing dope shit for the community. Um, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for me. He hit me up. I gotta hit him up with uh, one of his old partners, man. I'm rocking with one of his old partners, so I gotta, I gotta bring uh, the crew. The, shout out to the whole Freeway crew, uh, Freeway Shitty Slim, yes, Echo, shout like all, all those guys. Man. Echo's the homie too, yes, man. Good yes, dude. Yes, so, other, yes, other, other, those, other than Freeway, man, who, who else inspire you in this, like, in this whole industry to like do what you've been doing? Um, I, always, I always gotta give a shout out to my man Virgil Grant. Um, I always got to give a shout out to my man, Virgil Grant. So Virgil Grant was Dr. Dre's weed man. And so Virgil Grant, back in 2010, <laughs> he got arrested with, with uh, 10 other uh, um, uh, dispensary owners, legal dispensary owners um, at the same time. He was the only one that was black. He's the only one that did time. He did six years, one for every dispensary that he owned. Mm. 
Um, from behind bars, he helped write Measure M. That was the actual law that made cannabis legal in California. So when I got into the industry, um, I was like a sales all-star. Everything that I did, I've been selling shit since I was like 12, 13. Like, I'd sell anything. Like, I got tired of selling. I used to steal uh, people's pens <laughs> in <laughs> class in high school, and they had no, they had no pens when the test came around. I sell them their pens back to <laughs> True story. I got, I got, I got receipts for that. <laughs> and um, first time I ever struggled, when I got in the weed industry. And I didn't understand why. And my sister, she at the time, she was a consultant for all the trap farmers up north, um, up in the, up in the uh, Emerald Triangle. And I called her up and I was like, yo, like, um, what am I doing wrong? I'm uh, going through sales process. I got all this shit. Uh, I'm trying to get people. And she said, you're, you're calling people. Stop calling people. Like, everybody answers the damn phone. It's, it's, it's because it's legal weed doesn't mean it ain't weed. How many people have you called to, 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 to get new clients when you were selling weed? <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, you're right. And so she, she told me to go to, she said, the easy way to do it is go to a women grow meeting. That's back when we uh, women grow was popping um, before they had uh, before they had a fallout with um, uh, racial shit. I want to talk too deep on that. <laughs> but, um, um, uh, I went to a women grow meeting and I met some of the most influential people in my entire cannabis career. And that's what popped off. And the most influential was um, was uh, Virgil Grant. So Virgil, I heard his story when he was speaking, and I went and talked to him, and I was like, "Yo, like." incredible story man he signed like that he was on, on the cover he wrinkled he ruffled a lot of feathers in LA because he, he said uh, Mr. I am Mr. Cannabis in LA and uh, like, LA is very territorial LA is gangland people didn't like that when he said that but um, <laughs> his, story, his story was incredible he's, he, he's one of the founders of the first social equity bill and he broke the shit from behind bars he got out and started a motherfucking revolution and um I told him, I was like, yo, like, my company, Baker, we just raised $3 million, and it was unheard of in the cannabis industry. Unheard of. Nobody had that money yet. And um, we're in 12 states. So we only have, like, three accounts in California. I just took it over. Um, I'm an inspired young brother, like, like yourself, and you're the first black person I've seen, like, since I've been out here. And he just, like, started laughing. And he's like, we know who the fuck Baker Technologies is. We've seen what you've been doing, but y'all ain't shit yet. You got to meet people. And I was like, right. And so I just hit the underground, man. I started going door to door. Nobody wanted to go door to door. I went door to door. I took over, I think at our peak, uh, 36% market penetration in Cal- the state of California. Nobody was doing that. Mm. And I did that in like less, less, than, less than a year. I got with Baker. We had, we had three accounts. Um, when I left, we had 176. Did this door to door, showing love, showing respect, going to all these events, uh, just learning from people. And that like, kind of set me up to where I am right now um, because I absolutely love hearing people's stories. It, everybody that's in this, it doesn't matter like what you do in this, if you're on the finance side, if you're in, you're still trapped in the street. Yeah, if you're on the art side, you're running a, a lounge somewhere. Like, the stories of people are so diverse and so much pain, so much struggle, so much triumph and, and everybody's doing this shit, whether they know it or not, it's all for the culture and it all builds into the culture. And that's what I was able to learn after Virgil told me I needed it to treat. And so, like, if it wasn't for Virgil, like, I was going to give up, man. Like, like dead serious. Like, I was going to give up. I was maybe, like, three weeks from quitting. I was like, legal weed ain't for me. I was going to go, I was going to be, like, a personal trainer 
That's my wife. Like, um, <laughs> no, for real, like, for real, and, and, and that's why, like, that's why uh, I just went up and down the coast when shit got hot in uh, in L.A. What I mean by shit getting hot, um, not on some street shit, but um, it's real political, and um, uh, but we got to bring our people together, man. Like, we go to these city hall meetings. I meet with uh, Virgil Grant and Donnie Anderson. And they run the CMA, the California Minority Alliance, and um, FCC, the Southern California Coalition, these two groups. And the way L.A. is built, like, people don't understand, like, L.A. is not the second biggest city next to New York. L.A. is 88 cities smashed together. And they don't like each other. So when like, we came in, especially in the different zones of the city, you have the west side doesn't really, doesn't really fuck with the valley. The valley doesn't fuck with downtown. Downtown doesn't fuck with uh, South LA. South LA doesn't really fuck with the East Side. Like everybody's so territorial, and everybody like, like believes like their plight was worse was was worse than the next person. It's, it's like, really segregated. Like this. it's so segregated. Like you would not believe, and um, and it really, really, it really, really resonated with me because I, I'm trying to connect these people, but they got like so much bad blood. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. And I just got off a call before we got on uh, tonight. Like I was on a call with the LBCA, the Long Beach Collective Association, and telling them the same thing because they're just getting the law passed. It's um, uh, SB three 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 zero, and it's about advertising. And they're trying to shut down Weed Maps. And I got a, and I'm on the Zoom call with them because I'm uh, the director of events for LA Normal, and I'm telling them like LA is in the echo chamber out there. They don't understand that it's bigger than them, right? They, they still think it's a mecca. Like, yes, it's the original, but y'all got to get it together. And you can't do that without money. And what they're doing is shutting down, they have this new law that's shutting down advertising um, if you're not with a legal uh, entity, right? And so I got thoughts on that. Like, uh, I see both sides of it because, because of my travel, thanks to Virgil Grant. Like, I met all the trappers. I'm good with the trappers. I'm good with the, the folks in the super nice dispensaries, too. And what, what people don't understand, like, when I was in Chicago, I used to teach art class. The kid, I was an art major at Northwestern. And I teach art class on the south side and west side of Chicago. And we got food deserts out there. And that's why they have problems with obesity. That's why they have problems with, like, uh, all kinds of shit. They don't, have new, they don't have nutrition. They don't have nourishment like they're supposed to. And... You can't let people in the hood have weed deserts. You can't let it happen. And that's, and that's how you have, like, the vape crisis. That's how you have a bunch of uh, pesticides in your shit. Like, you're going to have people with bad medicine. So what I'm getting at is they need to dialogue with weed maps. There's so much bad blood with weed maps out there. With the weed maps, for better or worse, they, they, they finesse them, right? They, they, they finesse them, <laughs> And then shout out to Weedmap for the Weedmap, but I wouldn't have gained the prominence with my product either because I was a direct competitor of Weedmap, but at the same time, I offered a data analysis. Like, Weedmap didn't give nobody data. It was crazy. Uh, three and a half years ago, not that long ago, and no dispensaries. Every dispensary, the average dispensary my clients are paying around like $7,000 a month for Weedmap. And they got no analytics back at all. They were getting finessed, like straight up. So I came with my product. I was like, yo, like use WeedMaps for your outreach. Use me for customer retention. I'm going to give you all these data analytics. You can plug it into your POS. You know what's going on. And they go, this and that. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And um, 
if it wasn't for WeMap not doing that, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done my thing. So, like, shout out to WeMap. But the thing is, like, right now, they're shutting it. They're trying to shut WeMap down effectively. And I'm telling them they need to talk to WeMap. WeMap got that long, long, long breath. And when legalization comes, you're no longer Long Beach going against LA. You're no longer East LA going against the Valley. Mm-mm. Like, this is corporate, this is federal. You're all going to get wiped out by Big Pharma. So, you need to, like, like Cling on to Weed Map. Weed Map is about culture. Like, straight up. It, it, it's no longer, you're not going against the trappers anymore. You're going against the Fed. Right? You're going against the, you're going against the, uh, um, uh, 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 GW Farmer. You're going against like, these big corporate companies with a long breath that you don't have. And everything that you work for is going to be gone. But you know who can help you? Weed Map. You made that investment to them when you were paying 10 G's a month already. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like rock, rock with them, and they're going to be able to help us lobby on a federal level. So, well, that's what that's what I'm all about. Shout out to Virgil Grant. He, he laid the he laid the foundation for me, man. I always show love to him. Uh, get him on uh, everything that I do. Uh, shout out to Freeway Rick, uh, who's another uh, big cast. Like, shout out to my man Mario Sherbinsky's big big pop out over there. Uh, shout out, yeah, shout out to the, uh, uh, Tommy Chong. My guy, right there. <laughs> it was just his birthday. We know yeah. um, from yeah. We Max, from, from We Maps, because they got an office here, and me and Ramon went and chopped it up with yeah, them. Stephen Jung, the COO. He's a cool dude. Like you said, he he, yeah. he, was, he was trying to get in touch with the culture over here, and you know, he was trying to like you know get a lay of the land, and he kind of hollered at us to you know build, you know start mm-hmm. building a relationship. And like you said, he seemed like you know he he was trying to understand how the culture works, which is what people don't understand. You gotta respect because a lot of the other corporate people yeah. don't even care or want to understand how it works at all. Right, and and that's how and that's how it should be, and um. We talk about like a wokeness and shit like that, man. Um, I was speaking at this uh, kind of like UCLA, the cannabis club, about being black in the cannabis industry. Like me and a couple of other movers and shakers, uh, uh, Andrea Drummond, uh, she's like the chef over at uh, uh, OG Cafe, the first uh, weed can- the cannabis cafe in LA. My man Brian Mitchell is the cult- OG cultivator. Um, we had a couple of other people on there, and uh, this white kid, man, uh, he-, he had the dopest question ever, and he said, Look, I'm a white guy. I'm trying to make my way. I think it's a great opportunity and in the cannabis industry. I thought it was so dope to see a college talking to college kids, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you're even in the weed industry telling college kids it's gonna be a great future for you in weed, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was crazy. And, and the white kid, he's like, he's like, how can I? I consider myself woke, but how can I make sure that I'm, I'm respecting the culture? I'm respecting like, the people who have like, down and the war on drugs and all that. And um, I said, you know what? Just like that, asking questions. Mm-hmm. That's how you don't offend people. You go out and ask questions. Let them know. Like I don't understand this. You show right. me I don't how know. to understand this. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you could do, and and, and, that, and that's and that's awesome. Like people who do that shit, man. You don't try to go out there and act like you know everything. I didn't do that because I didn't know shit. I went out there and I asked Virgil Grant, the notorious hustler. He was Dr. Dre's weed man. Like like no joke. <laughs> um, um, Drake. Uh, Drake is a uh, 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 fuck for free that song mm-hmm. like um, he name drops uh, 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 Virgil Grant's uh, uh, strain in there and we pop in on the CC California Cannabis that's a yeah that's a that's Virgil Grant shit and um, uh, like people go out there and they show love and ask questions now you don't understand don't try to act like 
like like like you OG. Like you're not OG. Come out here, show love, show respect, and people people take care of you. That's what that's what the weed industry is about, there right? It's about the cipher. It's about the cipher it's of life. Like cipher. like that. Which, which, which brings up our next question right now. What's your favorite yeah. strain that you're ciphering on, Mr. Rico? Right now, uh, I love this. Um, I'm on the orange crust and uh, orange crust across uh, uh, the juicy fruit. There's a grizzly peach. Uh, shout out my man Matt Miles over there. Like in a roundabout way, if it wasn't for Matt Miles, found a grizzly peach. I wouldn't be in the league. In the league, I wouldn't be in the in the game either because my best friend Josh, he was one of the founders of Honey Vape. He's the one who got me in, and he took me like on a reverse training day when I first got in because he's white, right? <laughs> he took me. It, 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 shit, shit wasn't wasn't popping the um, the way that Baker wanted me to sell. Um, he was like, i was waiting for you to call, and so he took me to the trap shop. And he took me to the night shop, and and, and he was like, yo, like. Treat everybody with respect. This is the, the smallest big industry, and everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. And and you have a product that everybody needs. And he's like, he's like, you're you're special because I he's like I can't fuck with everybody. I have a product, and I can't go in certain dispensaries, and um, uh, they won't even look at me because they got their own product selling against mine. But you can sell to everybody. Mm-hmm. So you go in there, offer them value. They're probably not going to call you back, but you go in there again next month. Keep on showing up, buy a pre-roll, buy something small, show love, follow up with them. And just like clockwork, man, it was usually like on my third and fourth visit, they'd hit me up. Like, yo, let me try this shit out. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. I'd go in there, I'd chop it up, I'd make friends with security first, always. Uh, second, I always make friends with the bud tenders, ask them what's going on. And, and California's crazy because there's no, non, there's no enforceable non-compete. And so the bud tenders and the security people have paid the least. Um, you should treat it the worst. Um, and then you find them at a different dispensary like the next month. Like, but sometimes even across the street. And you know where I had a sale the next month? Right across the street. Mm-hmm. So I showed love to the people at the bottom. And they took me, they, they took care of me and introduced me to the new manager that loved them. And it was all, it was all luck. So, Wanted to so ask you, Rico, because we, we, yeah. we got a mutual friend that's been on the show, Roger Obando, and he was part of Baker ah! also. And <laughs> yes. I wanted to know, like, yes. you know, like, you know, if you knew him and, and how was it the journey that you guys took together through that through that whole oh, Baker man. situation? Oh, man. Yeah, and I found out this morning through this, this other thing. So Roger's one of my mentors, man. And uh, Roger, like, always keeps me grounded. And we've learned a lot from each other. We come from very different from very different backgrounds we were both car guys and we both went through like you know like a good uh, nerd school um, but yeah man he was the only mm, I might even bridges was saying the song <laughs> he was the only real motherfucker at Baker's Technology like straight up <laughs> I got there it was <laughs> I dropped it right there no, but I got there and, and it's dude oh, Amazon's here um, yeah, I, I got there and keep um, bringing back this. Um, I, I got there. And it was all white people, and you can go on the balcony, so you can you can bark. Um, I got there. It was all white people, and it was not what I was expecting being in the, in the weed game, right? Like the weed game that I knew was all black and brown folks, and we would serve white people. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, change. but it was like. Yes, it was all 
white people. That's what it's Denver, right? And so Roger was the only one on the first night that I was out there. They flew me out to Denver. I didn't really think they respected me from the beginning when I got there. And um, I got out there, and, and nobody really fucked with me. But Roger did. He took me out for a drink. And he was really asking me about myself and like all this other stuff. And I uh, just, like, kept that in my back pocket, you know. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really, like, hold any ill will towards anybody. And I expect people to act a certain way. And they acted like they were expected to act. But Roger was different, and we just chopped it up. And um, when we were both, when we were going public at Baker, um, and both he and I were both in a career purgatory. Mm. And, and um, we went public. And we both didn't have contracts, right? And it so wasn't got, for me so you doing the both got the short end of the stick, I imagine. Oh yeah, um, in different ways. Uh, him as a founder, uh, when you go public, man, um, and if you're in a merger, the thing is, like the the worst two play, uh, positions you could be in a C-suite is the CMO or the CTO. The CTO is seen as a builder. A builder is replaceable. Uh, CMO, if, 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 if your vision doesn't jive with the, the head honcho, uh, whoever the, the ultimate CEO is, if you're going through a merger, you're out. That's it. So they cut our CMO, David uh, Champion, and they cut Roger. And uh, the good thing is, we went like two months, and that's how I got all the candy gathers. I was bored. They were still paying me my base salary, but I'm a salesman, man. And they promised me, I'll say this, I'll, I'll call them out too, because uh, it, it's true. They, they promised me that I was at least to be making six figures base. And I told them, I need to be realistically, I want to have a baby next year with my wife. I left corporate finance, and I hate that world. I got into weed. I love it here. I don't want to leave you guys. I need to be making 150 guaranteed next year. If it wasn't for me taking over California, you would have not have gone public, period. They made me that promise, so I stuck around. And then they tried to use, start using me for my uh, uh, for my connection. A huge shout out to, to Al Harrington for this shit, too. Like, I guess, I'm, oh, that's he, the homie right there, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Al's yeah. like, you know, yeah, in like, like family, man. Right. Like, oh, the good dude. Right. Right. And they're, they're trying to bring... Like, like Viola to the East Coast. They're trying to use me like, for my connections. They knew what I was doing like, with um, celebrities and shit. And straight up, Al told his people, like, don't have a meeting with these, these cats unless Rico's there. And that's when I knew what was up. They were just trying to use me for some shit. They weren't trying to pay me. And I fucking quit. And, um, and this is after they, um, they, they let Roger go. And um, I was like, shit, they got rid of all the people of color. There's a bunch of bullshit here, and they weren't paying me what I was worth. I went like um, almost three months with no contract, uh, no uh, no comp, uh, no comp plan, no nothing. But no parachute, or nothing. Like decent. What's that? No parachute. No nothing. Uh... Nothing. Nothing. I had. Um, I did have. I did have uh, a ton of stock, but it's worth shit now. Like we were supposed to go public at no severance. $5. Nothing, huh? Yeah, no, nothing. Like, I, I was supposed to go, but I couldn't stay. Like they wanted me to, to they wanted me to build Blackbird. So Blackbird um, 
logistics company that they bought that they acquired for forty-four million. They acquired this company for forty-four million, and you can't pay me one fifty. I'm the reason you went public. Fuck out of here, man. Nah. So, like straight up, and so what I did those two, those two, two and a half months. Roger came out to LA early. It's like training day for Roger. I started playing Roger with all my people <laughs> on the West Coast. And we just like went on a tour. I had him on stage at Get Together. It was that. They are playing with absolutely everybody I knew because we knew like he was probably going to be let go. I was probably going to be let go if I didn't quit. So I just kept my, my benefits, my base salary, and just started, started doing some wild shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's when I started Get Together. And uh, that's what I always say, man, I'm a, a firm believer that the universe makes no mistakes, although we often do. Mm. And um, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I learned so much, and I'm grateful for my experience with them. But at the same time, they, they didn't know what they had on their hands with me, and they tried to use me. I uh, found that out, and I was able to use them as a pedestal. So I'm good. There you go. I'm good. And uh, everything happened like it's supposed to. Um, I hope the stock comes back someday because yeah, I have a lot of shares, and we were supposed to IPO at five dollars. We IPO at three twenty, and my strike price is five twenty-five. is currently, let me see, today's price is probably like at twenty-six or some shit like that. Twenty-six cents. Like it's, it's crazy, man. Um, I probably won't make any money off of that. It's okay. I'm at peace with it. Because uh, at the same time, um, I've built so many relationships. Like so many relationships. It's, it's gold. Like I'm gold. Like everywhere I go, it's all love. Um, like people look out for me. Uh, like I'm at people calling me. Like now they want to be on uh, Candid Boss Talk or some other shit. They pop off. So Candid Boss Talk with Veridi Media, uh, with Ebony. Um, be helping them with a cannabis track at their uh, virtual thing. And it's all going to be done by the Swab Life, my company, and Veridi Media. Uh, that is my, uh, my company. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the board. I'm at the board of, on the board of, I should say. Now you can tell I'm not used to this corporate shit. <laughs> used to, like the boards and stuff like that. But, um, I'm on the board of a media company, and uh, shout out to Henry Arrens. Um He works with John Legend, Christy Teigen. Um, uh, 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 he was working with Andrew Yang um, before he dropped out of the race. And um, that's my uh, content producer, man. That's my, that's my guy. And uh, like, like literally, these black and brown lawyers out of San Diego, they found out what I was doing, and they called me up, and that's like my, my first paid speaking gig that I had after I did my TED talk and after I was high times 100, they paid for me to go down to San Diego and speak to a law school, Thomas Jefferson School of Law. I talked to them about like opportunities in the cannabis industry. I talked to them about like entrepreneurship in the cannabis industry. And I was like speaking to like a group of law students, like never in my fucking life would I ever think that I was going to be doing this. Like talk about my adventures, my adventures in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) like no joke they called me back the next month and and they told me they they, want to rock with me and they're doing this and that and they got me NDA'd up they talked about like their game plan and um, and the first leg of that is Veridi Media Candid Boss Talk that's my uh, video uh, podcast I would love for you brothers to be on there too it'll Um, be an honor man uh, but yes 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 uh, I think I sent you the link if I did not send it to you. Like the first two and the, the first three were popping. Obviously, the, the rest of them were doing virtual. So it is what it is. Like zooming it up. Uh, but before that, um, yeah, we got the dopest production team. Um, we started to be uh, Facebook. We even do social distance uh, uh, podcasting too if we need to. 
Um, but yeah, I got a sick team. We're taking care of everything over at Ebony. I got a couple of surprises now that Ebony signed the contract. We're all official. I got a couple of surprises to drop this week of who we're bringing on. Uh, some folks that you know very well, they're from New York. Um, and uh, yeah, it can be it can be sick, man. I, I just love connecting people. It's at the heart of everything that I do. Um, I got into this industry, got out of corporate finance without a tumor in my neck. Um, my father died of yeah, my father died of um, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. My grandmother pancreatic. Um, my uncle just died last month, stomach cancer. Um, and cancer runs on both sides of my family. Um, when I found out I had a tumor, I thought I had 48 hours. I thought I was going to die. It happened in my family. I was waiting for the biopsy. It was the worst 48 hours of my life. And it was benign. I don't know why. Um, actually, I do. I smoke weed. I'm mm-hmm. the only one in my family that smoked weed. And, uh, and, and since then, and that's what made me quit finance. Like, like, no joke. I didn't have no game plan, no nothing. I met my homie Josh when I was out partying. And, um, I just knew he owned a, a weed company. And he, uh, he tried to get me to quit corporate finance a couple of times, and I was about to quit. I did quit twice, but um, being a black man in corporate finance, and I always joke about that, man. The best job security you can have in the corporate world for a black man is in finance, because there's only one of us in every office. We can't fire you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You got the Wall Street chick no, only on the Wall boulevard, Street. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yes, it, so I just quit. I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to be in the weed industry or I'm going to uh, be a personal trainer. We work tough, so I'm still here. That's it. <laughs> Rico, so now we got to get into the culture part a little bit, man. We know that you're from the finance, but we got to touch yeah. base on the culture, man. We want to know, Indeed. we asked all our guests, how was your first encounter with cannabis? Walk us through that. Your first time let us how? know how that love story started. <laughs> Yes, man, uh, 12 years old. Never forget. 12 years old. Um, people don't understand, like, I'm from Virginia. In the country, Virginia. I was from the city. I was, I was born outside of D.C., but uh, we came back from Germany. I was in the country. Fluvanna County, Virginia. How country is it? It's, um, it's real fucked up country, real racist country. And um, that Unite the Right shit, the, the girl got killed, the Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude that started the whole thing, the dude that organized that, I went to high school with him. He's one year young. He's one year younger than me. Crazy. Like, people don't understand like how fucked up it is. So mm-hmm. I'm out there. I got my OGs right, and, and I, had a little, I had a little crew back then, just like with the OGs, and and uh, I was like a chain smoker, like a cigarette smoker, <laughs> in, at 12 years old. And the first time I smoked was with my homeboy Chris Bellamy. Shout out Chris. Um, <laughs> I think he's, I think he's locked out right now. Unfortunately, if you're in the you're in the drug game or you. Go to war. Uh-huh. That's it, where I'm from. Shout out to so, Chris. So, right? Shout out to Chris. Yeah, out of a Gatorade bottle, uh, a homemade bong. Homemade uh, bong uh, out of the Gatorade, baby. Talking about creativity. Bong. Homemade bong, Gatorade bottle, first time, 12 years old. Um, and then we stole his dad's car. He had an old Chevy Caprice. Oh, <laughs> Chevy yeah. Caprice, baby. Yes, yes. Chevy Caprice, just drove that shit, bubble Chevy Caprice, drove that shit down the road, and uh, that, was, that was the first time ever. You got to walk us through, man. What was it? Was it a joint? A he, said bong. he said the bong. Oh, what kind bong. of, so what, what was it? Some, it was some dirt it was weed. bong, man. Yeah, oh, of course. Come on. Yeah, it was of course. <laughs> it was some backyard <laughs> and, uh, boogie? 
Oh yeah, man. Like you didn't know what you didn't even know what we were. Shit, when I was in Chicago, when I, when, when I was telling we in Chicago, we still didn't know what a strain was. Right. Like, that's old, you remember the remember the brick days? Yeah, like, that's that backyard boogie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's what we got. Like we were in Chicago, we had no idea what it was. Like we, uh, this week we'd get some fire ass bubble cuts. Next week it'd be some straight up Mexican dirt. Same price, don't matter. We. we and if people get mad, like yeah, you smoke right, what you I got. The same shit. It's yeah. the same here. Yeah, don't worry exactly. about it. That's how it was back then. Exactly. So yeah, it was just some trash shit, but um, it was, it was man, it's about the nostalgia, the memories, and to this day, like I'm out on my balcony right now. Like uh, um, there's again, you to see me. You see my balcony, the ocean. I'm not. I'm at L.A. Harbor. I love uh, I love San Pedro down here because where the real people are at, right? Um, they say it's where the ghetto meets the sea, mm. and um. I still to this day, I know how bad blunts are for you. I know about all this shit, but still to this day, um, even more so now because I can't smoke in the house like I'm a newborn. But um, I go out there on the balcony, get nostalgic, play some knives. Uh, it was written, and I roll a blunt. I roll a beat. <laughs> Listen, man, right I ain't got to tell you what we smoke over here, man. You know that we all about that blunt. What life. you want? What you want? We are yeah. on that yeah. blunt. Like Duchess. Yeah, we used to know, do Phillies, now we do Duchess. No, Duchess, yeah. no leaf. Dutch Master. Yeah. <laughs> we see, we, we see on the White House. Yeah, White House. all that, man. Go see the Vegas, everything, man. Yeah. We think everything. Oh, shit. Gotcha. Like, <laughs> Rico, it being Mental Health Awareness Month, what do you think yeah, is, yeah. especially right now during quarantine, how much do you think uh, cannabis has helped people under this quarantine as far as mental health? Um more than people ever believe, man. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to be talking about this tomorrow night on, on Canada Gather too. But I got I got Dr. Uma on tomorrow. I got Dr. Mary, both from New York, the New York representative. Y'all want a free pass? Y'all free tomorrow at 7.30? Uh, we'll check in, baby. We, we, we're one of your biggest yes. fans, man. We've been watching you, Rico. Yes, yes. yes, yes. Much love. So, David, you guys, you have the cop code. I always take care of you guys being the VIP, Zoom, and all that shit. And, um, it means a lot to me because I, I've dealt a lot with mental health issues um, a lot of my adult life. And um, and people, you need to understand, and this is what I did like last week when I had uh, going into, vet, uh, going into uh, with all the veterans last week uh, for Memorial Day. As a military kid, like, yeah, it, was, it was fucked up. Yeah, I don't, I, I absolutely hate my stepfather. Like, he's a terrible person. What I got out of that military uh, um life was a respect for the lifestyle and respect for the veterans and respect for the fallen soldiers. So I did PTSD last week and we'll be talking about like mental health on a whole this week. And I had all this plan and I've been building up my website. Uh, Kenny got it on a roll. We can like, uh, between like, uh, like down like 300 a month, uh, a week now, but we were, at the beginning it was like super high, like now we're getting zoom fatigue. So a lot of people are like just downloading it on uh, the back end. That's the replay. But, um, at the beginning of this month, I had two uncles die within three days. Mm-mm. And then... I have our condolences, yeah. man. It's crazy. Yeah, man. One of the really hurt was um, my Uncle Owen, uh, Owen Blanchard, and he's, uh, he's a patriarch of our family, the first one over from Panama to the U.S. And um, it wasn't the fact that he died, because he, he suffered for a long time. It's the fact that I couldn't visit him, man. His own wife couldn't visit him in hospital. Eighty-four, and um, it hurt more than anything. 
And what hurt even more than that was like two days later, my uncle, my uncle Rudy, in South Bend, Indiana, he's a trucker, right? He's getting his life together. Uh, I lost a lot of weight. I switched over to plant-based diet. And COVID caught his ass. Mm-mm-mm. And right, and my then my grandfather called me like, like three weeks ago, and I got a real real close relationship with my, my grandfather. He's the original Frederick Lemmy, right? So he's from Martinique, and my grandmother's from, from Panama, right? And uh, he hits me up, and he's like, "Hey, uh, my prostate came back." And I was like, "Yo, don't do this shit." I went into a cell, man. I just went, I just went dark. I mean, people were hitting me up, and they're like, oh, I just wasn't returning no calls. I was supposed to like do some other events and shit. I was like, man. Like, like, the depression is real, man. And um, I, I brought it up with my own boy, uh, Dan. Dan Schmink from Wow Organics. Like, like thank God my, my, my grandfather, he had successful surgery. He's good. And, uh, and, uh, and I asked him, I was like, yo, like, you guys deal with like a lot of death, especially like, multiple tours and everything. Like, and you speak on PTSD all the time. Um, what do you say? The young cats are getting in and they're dealing with it. It's the only thing you can't say. You're not alone. And that shit, man, it, it just like it just touched me, man. It's like something as simple as that. Like, like letting people know about your story. And it's like I grew up like on that tough guy shit. Like, like you're not supposed to talk about your feelings. You're not supposed to talk about like mental health issues. Um, I ended up marrying a shrink. My, my, my wife, <laughs> my wife, she's the, uh, the director, the irony, the director huh? of mental health. Yes, uh, total irony. And uh, she helps me out with a lot of stuff. And um, I shout out to Mila Diamond, my, uh, my life coach. I sound like a middle-aged man. <laughs> but, uh, I met her on the first TED Talk, and uh, she taught me how to meditate. And my wife taught me how to like, talk my feelings out. And, uh, and, and she taught me, man, like, I got that crazy story and then I held all that shit in and it's just all about, you know, if your story touches one person and it stops them from doing some stupid shit, then you lived a great life, man. You did what you were supposed to do. And, um, so the first time I got out and, and told people about like, like my background, they're like, what? And then like minutes later, they tell their story. I want to tell their story. Like, you know how appealing that is, especially for our communities. Like we're taught to be tough guys, like all left and right. And in certain times, it's good. Especially times like this, man. Like everybody's hurting from this shit, man. And, mm-hmm. and like I said at the beginning, it's not so much about right now. Right now, it's crazy. It's the domino effect afterwards, man. Like uh, this is this is Trump CDC. So people don't understand. It's the Donald Trump CDC. And, and what that means is they're suppressing information. And it took three independent uh, research groups to show that out of the closest 100,000 people that had died, over 20,000 of them were black. Mm. We got to understand that we are the essential workers. Right, these white people can go off and they can play and they can play on the beaches and that's fitness. Go to, go to their right, vacation were, homes till it till it dies out. Exactly, and that's fine. Like you are not, you know, you can't control where you were born. You can't control uh, um, if people give you like you can't control institutional racism if you don't understand that it exists. Right, like, straight up, and 
but what people need to understand is like this is hurting black and brown folks we are the essential workers um straight up um, uh, uh, cannabis industry we're essential workers we're more at risk than everybody else for this shit. the second wave comes it's gonna be crazy mm-hmm. so people need to realize that and that's why i'm going heavy on the cpsd like yeah i went dark for like two and a half weeks but yeah like i deal with depression i let people know that shit it's real and i'm human right i have cte from mm-hmm. football that's another story i'm human so like if people need to get off that like invincible shit man like nobody's invincible anybody can get touched and um and I did. I had a dark moment. And I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about that shit, man. We need to get off that, man, because um, one of my favorite rappers, especially right now, Royce the Five Nine, man. He's, he's my top five of all time. Royce Five like, Nine. Got a great. Mm. Yeah, Five Nine, man. Yeah, yeah, Nickel. And um, my one of my favorite songs from him is uh, "Look Out for Your Look Out for Your Big Bro," man. Look out for the big homie. There's always a big homie. And nobody's looking out for it. He's looking out for everybody else. And as a big homie, I've always had a big homie. They say if, look you, up to if, me, if, if you want to be a master, you got to bow down to a master. Always. Always. And I told my young people to come in and I rock with them. They want to learn the industry, they want to learn that. I let them know, man, like straight up. Like, nah, man, I ain't no thug in the hood. I ain't no gangster. I rock with them. But that's not who I am. Like, straight up. Mm-hmm. I let them know this is me. I'm human. Don't be afraid to be human. Don't be afraid of your flaws. That's part of who I am. That's what makes me a dynamic human being. And if you're comfortable with yourself and you can be that, that makes you stronger than anybody else. Right? So, like, the one thing I can tell absolutely everybody, man, go, go, um, uh, break the five nine. And it's crazy. Like last year, like I've always been a Bryce fan since he was wearing the fucking uh, rhinestone do rag back in the day. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm an old school hip hop fan. And um, he had a, his album that came out last year, not his last one that he came out with, uh, the one before that, um, after the Prime album with Primo. Um, it's called The Book of Ryan. The whole thing is about mental health. The whole damn album. He talked about his depression, he talked about um, his son being autistic, like all this shit you never expect from them. And that's just so fucking dope to me. Right? So like people who can actually talk about that, I think that makes it more power, uh, powerful uh, because we deal with it. And as a people, we've never been allowed to have a pedestal to talk about. Uh, um, uh, we've never had the chance to. We've never been in a place to talk about like, like, like the downside of what we're doing. We've always been talking about the good side because we wanted to get out of that, right? And now's the perfect time to talk about that until we can get rid of some of that past trauma. It's built into our DNA, mm-hmm. right? And we need to get past. We need to get past that. And we need to teach people that it's okay to cry. It's okay to let go of those emotions. It's okay. Uh, every now and then, you know, be a good person, man. It's uplift your fellow brother. Uplift your fellow sister. That doesn't make you weak. That makes you strong, man. I, I want to so ask you something, Rico. Uh, personally, this is not yeah. a scientific yeah. fact, and this is not a fact at all. This is my personal opinion, and I feel like there's a yeah. lot of people that can relate, and I want to mention this, as you said, we're talking about personal situations, right? So when it comes to mm-hmm. cannabis, you know, everybody, you know, 
mentions the PTSD thing as far as veterans and war yeah. veterans, and it's completely understandable. But I'm going to keep it on the right. eye, right? Personally, I feel, right, I grew up in Harlem, very rough yep. urban neighborhood, 80s and 90s, yep. watched a lot of traumatic things. I feel like yep. I got PTSD from growing up in that environment, yep. and I feel like probably a lot of people in the same environments throughout the country, throughout the world, have the same, but since they didn't go to war, they think it doesn't apply to them. Right. Um, no. And uh, this is me talking to the straight veterans. So I got like over 20 hours of uh, content from veterans in the cannabis industry last last week. Like, like nah, man, it is PTSD. It's a different form. Uh, what you went through in Harlem, that's PTSD. Uh, you probably have PTSD from that, excuse me. It was traumatic experiences. What I went through with my stepfather, who was in the military, beating the shit out of my mom, beating the shit out of me, beating the shit out of my sister. I have PTSD from that. Um, I have PTSD from fucking football. It's shit mm-hmm. crazy shit I was doing in football. Like, like, we deal with these traumatic experiences, and um, you can learn from them, you can grow from them. I embrace that and most importantly cannabis helps with them a lot so much man and and it's not just cannabis you gotta gotta find the right strain as well and that's that's the one positive about like legalization federal legalization is that we need to find out like how we can tie the DNA side the the double helix to your actual um, um, uh, to your endocannabinoid system and I talked to Dr. Rachel Knox about that shit and um I'm like, shout out once to the we find out how, yeah, yeah, the homies the over there, like, yes. Um, so once we figure that out, man, that, that's the holy grail. We can actually have designer weed, and we actually find out why I can't take more than ten milligram edibles, but my wife can take like thirty. Right? Should kick my ass at edibles, but I can smoke all damn day. I can smoke pain oh back to back to back to back to back. Right? Like you find out stuff like that and um, like different strains uh, affect us in different ways. Um, but but yes, like it can help with the PTSD. Um, Leo Bridgewater. Um, oh, uh, that's, that's, a, that's like a yeah. mentor and, and uh, one of our biggest allies here, man. Shout out to Leo, yeah. man. Also a big rep yeah. in the East Coast for the veterans, you know? Yes, and he wants he wants to somebody he has he's got his uh, uh his brain, he got his own brain, and uh, yes, sir. And we're talking about that. Leo. Yeah, we're. Yes, there's a big homie. So yes, a big homie, and um, so we're talking about that man, and um, it helps him with his night terrors, right? And um, it's all about finding the right strain for you for the right time of day, right time of night, whatever it is, and um, it's like tweaking that and and, and doing works for you. Um, like, like like me, um, I'm an indica guy. Excuse me, I'm an indica guy on the weekends because I know it's it a date to me. Um, and it's just like, I'm not functional. Sometimes I like to be not, non-functional, right? I just like to like dumb out on the weekend. I'm good with that. So if that were the case, like I, I'll be on that Bridgewater OG, like whatever it is. Bridge OG, I think what he calls it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but I love the real citrusy, uh, lemonine stuff. I like, uh, uh, I smoke that all day, man. Like sativa, like all day. Um, yeah, like back to back to back to back to back. And, um, the best thing about being out, I don't know how it is, like uh, in, um, uh, in in NYC, um, a couple of my homies, I hope when I come out there next time, I hope you guys can take care of me out there. But um, um, 
that's the one thing I want to do. I'm going to check out like the, the underground scene. I'm going to check out the real people's culture. That Mary Pryor to take care of me. Um, yeah, that's like the homie, folks, man. That's good peoples too. right there. And you know we got you, so yeah, you like land. You know, we got the green carpet waiting for you. I'm sure you got the red carpet everywhere you go. I'm sure we're the uh, only ones that can provide the green carpet here in New York City for you, Rico. Yeah, yo, 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 please. You got my here. It's the same motherfucking thing, man. It's the same thing. And that's, 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 that is like the result of it. It's like showing love to everybody. Like, like now, like, I buy weed to support my friends. I don't buy weed out of necessity. I can get weed whenever the fuck I want. I get the best shit the fuck I want out here. That's but like it. with my friends, we got some new shit. They get to open up a dispensary, stuff like that. I always feel love. I always buy some shit like, like, like from them. And um, and uh, you got to come out and it's just the same fucking way. And, and, and I, I can I can pick and choose. Uh, I can pick and choose. See what works for me. So like, I'm all day. Like I, I love the exotics. Uh, the exotic sativa, though. Like exotic sativa. Uh, uh, yeah, crosses. me too. I'm a sativa guy. I love to smoke sativas all day. And then, yeah. you know, maybe, like you said, the weekends. We get it's like it's like me and Ramon were talking recently, Rico. Like, we've been uh, Me and him, I've been smoking for like 20 years. I know he's been smoking for like 20-something years. And like, yeah. and so we really got educated on all the different okay. cannabinoids and everything. We just recently learned how to smoke. Like, Ramon is like... I, I only smoke this in the daytime. I only smoke this in the nighttime. Right, because before we were just smoking whatever the dealer gave you, right? You didn't really understand what you were smoking. Yeah. You were just smoking, right? Whatever was available. Right. Right? So now we right. got all these different strains available and edibles and concentrates and all different ways to ingest right. and smoke and bongs and puff coals and all this different shit, right? So I was like, well, mm-hmm. you learn how to basically smoke. How do you like to smoke? You know, you... you what do you like to wake and bake with? What do you like to go to sleep with? You know what I mean? All these right. joints. If you're a real true smoker, because you know anybody who really smokes every day, you smoke at least like three times a day. Uh, you know, specifically yep. the wake and bake and the and the nighty night blind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And one of my superpowers is I'm ADHD. Right? I tell people that like all day. It's kind of generic, but it works. Um, blue dream, old school. Blue Dream. Blue Dream. Um, That's a classic. Blue fucking Dream. Mm-hmm. Alien Lab. Blue Dream. Classic. Take a couple puffs on walking the dog. And I focus. Straight up. <laughs> I focus as generic as that shit is, as old school as it is. Yeah, it Blue Dream. In the morning, two puffs. That's my dosage. Two puffs in the morning. I have a J rolled up, like right now, like a, a walk my dog. Take my N95 off, take a puff of that shit twice, <laughs> walk the dog go. around the block, come back in, I get to work. 6 a.m. every single fucking morning. Rico, every like guest that. that ever came on here, you know, it's going to be a little tricky with you because you never actually, you know, came here, but, you know, I'm sure that, you know, you've heard and you've watched and you did a little bit of research. Yeah, we, we have a lot every of guest, we, 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 <laughs> every, every guest, we ask them the million-dollar question that is, if you had to describe Happy Monkey in one word, the brand, the movement, uh, whatever you know about it, and what would it be and why? Um, one word? Yeah, one word. Uh, um, revolutionary. Revolutionary. Why would that be? Because it's what I am, and I feel like you guys in your organizations are kindred spirits of me. 
<laughs> have you heard what have you heard because like i said we yeah, only see for me it's, it's, it's interesting and it's curious yeah. because you're kind of looking yeah, you get to yeah. tell from, us the outside the view outside in, yeah. so that's why it's like you know yeah. we really value your yeah. opinion so we want to know no but yes like no, like no joke so uh when dave asked me a couple of weeks ago to come on like yes i did my research i got on and i actually like ramon like, you know appreciate this i'm always always keep it 100 I got on your live and I called you fucking Vlad and you got mad at me. <laughs> so, so I'd be like, <laughs> you said, so your like, race is like, <laughs> like Vlad. I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so, so, I've, been, I've been watching, I know I've been watching, I love the, love the fucking movement and, um, so yeah, number one, they told me like, like last year, he's like, he's with uh, Happy Monkey. I checked it out first. It's like okay, it's, it's kind of fucking dope. And seeing you guys like progress, 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 and then uh, Christine De La Rosa was fucking with you guys. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start like like listening now. And then Dave asked me to come on. I was like, cool. So I got on uh, YouTube, start watching and shit. So you guys rock with the same people and, and all that. And it's like dope, fucking revolutionary, man. What these guys are doing is fucking revolutionary. And I told Dave, you can ask him if he will vouch for me. The first time that he explained what you guys do, I said, yo. You guys are doing like exactly what I do underground out here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Basically. Great yeah, minds think alike. Straight up. Yep. So right like now we we in the transition phase. <laughs> so yeah, revolutionary. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, you got you got but you got a uh, post game like Elijah one man. You got about to pivot. Straight up. Uh, thank like, you, brother. Good. Thank you. Thank you, man. You, you're good, man. I love what you guys are doing. I like, keep on doing it, man. Like I fucking love it. The way you guys are fucking up the game. And, and you two brothers, too, man. I fucking love that shit. So, <laughs> see what you do. It's nothing but love and respect from uh, from out here. Everything you guys do, man. Uh, just oh, keep man. fucking shit up. Gracias, my I brother. Love that, Thank man. you very much, my brother. Yeah. Very, very much. Not a, hey, papa, hey, much love, man. Yes, and, sir. Uh, lo mio. Let's yeah. go. So, Rico, man, talk, we, know man. Come good, we know your time is valuable, and we know that you in high demand in these streets, man. So, we're honored that you took out the I time to kick it, it with us, man, on the boulevard. We know you could be anywhere Always. in the world virtually, but you're here with us. And, you know, yeah. um, you know, thank you, and keep on doing what you do because, you know, you're an inspiration to us, and I'm sure to many more. And, uh, like you said, man, we all aspire to inspire, and you're definitely doing that, man. And you're putting on for the culture and for our people, and we appreciate you, man. You got our full support for whatever you're doing. Yeah, man. Likewise, man. Like, if you come out here, man, just let me know. I got you, man. Like, whatever you guys need. Yes, Straight sir. Up. Thank you, my heart. brother. We appreciate love. you. Much love, my G. And we will see you yeah, soon, my, my brother. We so, will see so, you so soon. So tell everybody, Rico, like right what, should they ex- what should they expect from Rico for the rest of 2020? All the different thousand outlets they could find you at, and what should they be, you know, watching out for from Rico? Lameet, formerly Tarver. <laughs> surprise after surprise. I got some shit. I've been hustling. Everybody else has been... Yeah, everybody else like you know, like smoking weed on IG and all like all that shit. Like I've been working, like straight up, I've been working, and, and this is the moment I've been waiting for because I got into corporate finance at just the wrong time, at the peak of the fucking market, October '07. Watch the shit go all the way down. I didn't have no money to do anything. I have no ideas at the time, and I saw all these motherfuckers pivot and make money. Millionaires are made in the down market. I had a game plan this and neighbor. 
I already had everything built because I had my baby coming. So I'm doing some shit. I'm looking to bring on a lot of people with me. A lot of people, a lot of people with me. So I know a lot of people are hurting and that's what I want to do. Bring folks out. Um, some dope ass people that people just don't know about in this industry. And I finally have a platform to do that. Bring people on and stuff with Ebony. Um, uh, Father's Day. So you guys got, 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 got kids, please. I'm doing a big best project for uh, fathers. Uh, yeah, we're the both fathers. Cannabis yes, industry. Bro, like, I'm going to send you some shit. Right? I'm going to send you all some shit. Like, I just, like, one minute of content from you guys. One minute. Um, send me, like, one minute video. That's what I'm doing uh, for Father's Day. Um, 30 minutes, 30 fathers in the cannabis industry. The best thing that ever happened. Like, I was scared, yo. I was scared going into this baby with our baby seven weeks ago. Uh, doctor told us that we, we might not even have a hospital bed. That's crazy. Fuck. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. My, my whole family's on the East Coast. My whole family's in VA and, and, and in New York and in Florida. They can't fly across to come help us out. My, my wife's own mother, like, lives, she lives like uh, an hour and a half away. She can't come help us out. We, um, um, we might not have a hospital bed. We dropping cash, little cash I did have because I lost a lot of money on events like leading into this fucking shit. <laughs> and we get a, go to a birthing center. Go to a birthing center, baby sunny side up. You can't even stay there. Emergency room, we had to go to the emergency room. Give birth. It's the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. And all I got was, all I got was love from all my homies, some of the hardest motherfuckers in the industry. Those gangster ass in the industry hit me up, wished me the best, offered me a bunch of advice. It was my first kid. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> and, and, and what I, nobody and does. They don't come right? with manuals, Rico. Yeah, nobody so, does. At all, but, 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 but I was just sitting at my mom out here, my, uh, my mother in law out here, but we didn't have none of that. And I had more help from uh, others in the industry, man. Like, that's what people don't understand, man. There's so many dads in this industry, the good dads in the industry doing a damn good job. And what, that's what I want to do for like Father's Day, be my first Father's Day, I should get like those short messages from, from, from dads in the industry, saying what they're doing in the industry and how dope they're doing, how dope it is to be a dad. And I think that needs to be highlighted. And I love, love, love my women. I do so much with women, but nobody really talks about the cannabis dads, man. So that's what I want to do. That's my big project for the rest of this year is like you really blow up the cannabis dads what we're doing in the industry, what we're doing is uh, to, to take care of our families, what we're doing to provide, and uh, what we're doing to uh, take care of our kids. Like, I never thought I'd have that support group of all the dads in the industry. It's like so many people hit me up. Like some gangster dude in the trap, like hit me up, like, yo, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, that's good. For real, good. man. Yeah. So that's, that's my biggest shift for the rest of the year. I got a couple other projects and uh, y'all are here about, man, and I'm uh, I'm just having fun, man. That's it. That's it. So. Right, my brother, thank you love, very, love, love very, y'all, man. very much, love. brother. Thank you very much for your time, brother. We appreciate you. Likewise. So, so you already Need know, Rico, me up, man. We'll be in touch. Yes. To everybody out there, yes. happy monkey world, man. We're dealing with some tough times, yes. but always remember, ladies and gentlemen, you're too blessed to, to be, be stressed. stressed. Things will get greater later. For now, Vlad and Ramon yes. checking out to the next episode. Peace, love, and happiness. Much love, guys.
What's good, everybody? This is your nigga Ralph trying to keep you fresh with the info from Happy Monkey every single podcast. You already know what it is. If you haven't followed us yet, follow us on Instagram at Happy Monkey underscore or Happy Monkey Goodies. Now, remember, that's monkey with a U. Also, if you haven't checked us out, we're on YouTube. So check out our channel, Happy Monkey TV. Keep us current, live, and everything with the culture.